Hey, everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I am Jackie Reed. And I am Joanne Reed. How are you, Joanne? I'm a little bloated. How are you, Jackie? Bloated? <laughs> What's going on with the body? Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm too old. You going through the change? No, I still have that time of the (laughs) month. Women hate to like, it's like, what are you talking about? My mother, whenever I have a a female problem, my mother will be like, are you, are you going through the change? I'm like, no. I know. It's like, no, 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 that's not it. Well, what is it? I don't know, but it ain't that. It ain't that, but it's definitely out there because it's that time of the month and you know, it'd be, you get bloated and I'm too old. I I had three children a long time ago. I should not have cramps anymore. I should not have bloating. Like this should be over. Yeah, I don't understand. But I, but I would rather have this than the change. Blame it on Eve. I know it's all Eve's fault. Heifer, can't stand her. Oh, that old bat. So we're gonna wind it down talking about our evening last night. Yes, we, we got had to the hang out best together. Time. It was fun. And you pulled it together. So Jackie Reed does pull together fabulous events, y'all. Um, and this was an event that. It's an interesting sort of idea, right? It was a fancy ladies vegan dinner get together. Yes. And it was seven of us. Yes. We met at a fantastic restaurant in Catch. Manhattan. Catch, Catch in New York, yeah. And there was a Prosecco and St. Germain component to it. Yes, there was. Because St. Germain uh, had these three fabulous cocktails to choose from that we could all try. They all had to have St. Germain in them, and they were wonderful. There was one with vodka, which you and I ended yes. up enjoying, one with a little bit of tequila, which our friend Bevy had, and then there was one that was like a spritzer. Like a spritzer. And we yeah. tried the Kinda spritzer. Like the, yeah, it was yeah. refreshing and it's great. Yeah. And the food was really good. I'm not vegan. Jackie, of course, is vegan. And so, you know, I'm a baby. You know, I'm, in, I'm into trying the vegan food. Yes. Um, I, it's not my thing yet, but I do love it. And everything was delicious. It was so good. And I have to say that, you know, it was all thanks to the Impossible Burger, which sponsored all the food. Ah. Yeah. And so the... the um, well, the star of the meal was the Impossible Burger. It was which delicious. everyone had. We had, you know, some sides and appetizers, you know, from the restaurant that were all vegan. And they were like, there was a fried cauliflower that was in this delicious sort of orange colored sauce. Fabulous. Yes, right. They delicious. do. They have a fried shrimp that they do in a butter sauce that's so similar. But when people get the fried calam- ca- uh, cauliflower there, I was going to say calamari, cauliflower there, they die. And they're like, this is just as good, if not better than the shrimp. Well, I love cauliflower. And they managed it. You, it, it can be delicious no matter what you do to it. It was yeah. fabulous. There was another thing that approximated a salmon cake, which was fantastic. Oh, it was a crab cake. Right. But and it Bevy was, and I um, disagreed whether or not it tasted like a crab cake. I thought it did. I thought it did, too. Yeah. It was delicious. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm struggling to think about what it was because I had a, a taco made of the same ingredient before when I was in Boston, and it really mimics a fish. Yeah. And it was so delicious. Yeah, there was a beet salad. I normally hate beets, but the salad was delicious. It was good. There was a Caesar salad. Yes. And the dressing on there tasted like something that had dairy in it, but yeah. it didn't. But it didn't. And yeah. And it was so delicious. And you know, we had truffle fries. Truffle with, fries, with which no were dairy. fantastic with so no dairy. Good. It's proof that you can eat vegan and still eat well, but you have to know where to go. Yes. And you have to spend some money. So it's being vegan is difficult because you have to know where to eat, where the food's going to taste like real food. Right. And that's the thing, where it's going to be good. And that's the challenge, I think, for a lot of folks that are thinking about going into veganism, but they're like, I'm not sure. It is finding good food. Right. Like for me, 
I make sure that I find good food. And the best part about doing it right now is that there's so many great options. That's true. And if you're a meat lover like I am, the substitutes that they have out there for meat, like the Impossible Burger, <laughs> um, you know, and there's so many other things out there that yeah. are so delicious. There's this vegan restaurant, and they're going to come on the show. Um, it's called Seasoned, Seasoned Vegan, mm-hmm. and it's up in Harlem. And they do uh, vegan soul food. Their vegan chicken nuggets, their chicken nuggets with the barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. or their vegan fish and grits, or their vegan chicken and waffles. Right. To die for. This place is always packed. Um, and they have, you know, wine, and it's a great atmosphere. They have a DJ in there sometimes, but the food, their collard greens. Uh, their food is crazy. And so it's you, so good. you called it chicken and waffles. And I think a lot of the problem people have with veganism is that it isn't really chicken. Yeah. And so they're sort of approximating food that you're used to. Right. But they're making it with vegetables. But it, Right, they are. But when you taste it, just it like the, the Impossible Burger, it gives you, it takes you in that space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, I'm telling you, the chicken nuggets at the Seasoned mm-hmm. Vegan, I order, have them delivered. They're so delicious. Yeah. And they have all these sauces. I fancy the barbecue sauce. But it's so delicious. But I wanted to do this event because I'm really trying to step deeply into this vegan space and trying to just expose as many of my friends and just people that I know to it and educate myself mm-hmm. and other people along the way. And I had this, we had a great group of women there last yeah. night. It was it Black was, Girl Magic for real. It really was. Mm-hmm. And my friend Lauren Scala. <laughs> <laughs> Black Girl Magic. And- Black Girl Magic and Lauren, <laughs> uh, who, who I love so much. Um, but we had a really good time. And we stayed there. I, they asked me when I organized this, how long are you guys going to be there? Yeah. Uh, we started at 7. I was like, ah, we'll be done by 9.30. We were there till like 11 o'clock. Yeah, and it was great conversation. It was, it was such really, great conversation. Yeah, and it was great connections to make because in this industry, industry, um, we all kind of are living different aspects yeah. of the sort of world of media in different ways. And yeah. different people there weren't all like on camera people or even, you know, TV people necessarily. They were in just all aspects of communications. Yeah. And it's just learning about the different aspects of it. it was interesting. And these are all really successfully great women um, from a lot of walks of life. It was fabulous. Yeah, we well all done. were successful in our own right. All influencers or influencers, as I like to say. But what was great was this was an opportunity for us to come together and say, how can we share information and all move ahead in right. this industry, you know, in our own way? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, Bevy was there. Um, Dana, you know, from this new NBC show, and she works for NCU, you know, me, just all there talking and sharing information. It was really a great connection. And I just kind of curated who was going to be at the table. And I was very particular about mm-hmm. who came to that dinner. It was a very small dinner, like you said, eight women. But it was lovely. It yeah. was just lovely. I loved it so much. And I, I spent the morning, you know, in between, running around. Today has been crazy. Can I just say? Has it? Ugh. We're still. I mean, you need to eat. You need an Impossible Burger now. I do. Yeah. They, I wish they had one. I'm telling you, all I've had today is a small piece of salmon. Yeah. That's, that's not it. That's not food. I sent an intern to get me something to yeah. eat from the cafeteria to NBC. And she came back with salmon and edamame. Yeah. That's like two protein. Yeah. So I just threw the edamame away. Yeah. I hate to waste food, but. You're going to be hangry. I'm hangry now. <laughs> I had to send Brianna to get something. I'm starving. I'm not going to not drink. Right. You know, because, that, because that would be crazy. That would be crazy. That would be nuts. Add a little flavor to the podcast. Hey. <laughs> and we're going to have an interesting podcast today. We have so many great topics to talk about. We do. Um, I'm loving your hair today. I, I love your hair every day. All I did was comb it. And the sad thing about it is, 
I br- you know, I'll brush it off in the morning, but the, the wind takes my hair in all sorts of exciting directions that it was not meant to go. So by the time I get wherever I'm going, I need to start remembering to go right into the bathroom and comb it because the wind is not good to hair. I hate it. I hate the wind. Yeah. It's not good. And our hair doesn't fall back into place. Well, when you have short hair, the wind is never your friend. It's not your friend. And you really have to embrace, and I really want to do this, be more creative about ornaments in your hair. Yes. Whether it be a little, you know, clip. A little clip. A scarf. Yes. I saw a woman with a cute little, you know, handkerchief in her, not a handkerchief, but what do you, what do you call those things? Like a, a scarf, bandana. Like a bandana. I don't know why I'm struggling. A bandolet or whatever you call it. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. She had it in her hair, yeah. in her hair, and it was so cute. I used to do the barrettes. Like when I was younger, I used to do like a little barrette to keep my bang in place, and it was so cute. If you went on AM Joy with a barrette <laughs> in your hair, a pink or blue. Remember they like the little yes. bunnies? It would give me such life. I'll give you all life everlasting. Oh my God, that would or be the do best it. thing. No, but yeah, my hair. Oh. But your hair is cute because you have a, a hair cut that even if it's tussled or blown, it, it still look cute. Yeah, see my issue with That's my hair. That's a good hair, cut. Like, it, it is a good cut, but my hair is gravity defying in that when I sleep, if I don't wrap my hair, yeah. it sticks straight up. It goes up. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't think I sleep that wildly. Right. I don't know what happens Your in my sleep. Your hair wants to stick straight up. It wants to, like, Woodstock. Yeah. It just starts to <laughs> just go to the to the sky. But you make it cute, Jackie It's Reed. reaching for God. It's reaching for the sky. It's, it's got its hand the to Lord. the sky. Yes, Lord. Yes. So, yeah. So, so we, I'm glad you came. Yes, it was I fabulous. I appreciate it. It was a wonderful event. More to come. Yes, more I'm to gonna, come. I'm, ter- I'm on a mission to... Turn the whole world vegan one person at a time. And the good news is you will also be loose. <laughs> you, If your body's not used to eating all those vegetables, you lose like two, three pounds eating that way. Here's what I suspect. <laughs> here's what I suspect with you and veganism, particularly yes. the Impossible Burger. Yes. I think that you are not having it's like good snack. regular b- bowels. <laughs> and I think every time you go plant-based, it's regulating you. Yeah, my body is saying... What is that, a plant? Right. Why are you eating a plant? Yes, because you probably are not, you don't You don't eat on a regular basis because no. of your schedule. It's crazy. Yeah. So you're kind of like eating when you can. And then I suspect that you don't eat the best things. No, I do. See, the do th- you? The thing about okay. No, because I'm still semi on the diet that I've been on that I lost all that weight with. So I'm on a modified version but of it. That diet, it. But that diet, but that diet, like, okay, so, so when you eat a protein, what do you eat? I eat either um, a, eight ounces of steak. I'm allowed to have like a eight ounces of steak. So I'll do like a filet mignon mm-hmm. or, or I'll do a piece of grilled chicken or I'll do fish. Um, those are the three that I'll normally Are do. there any creams, butter nope. sauces, anything nope. in any of that? Nope. No? Oh, okay. When I'll do a steak, um, I'll just do it just a grilled piece of steak with um, broccoli or spinach. And clean broccoli, steamed. clean yeah. spinach? Yeah, oh. not boiled. No, I actually eat okay. No chips or anything in between? That's the, the so what I've been doing lately, and this Here is we go. the last couple of months, right? So I my actual meals are healthy. But what I'm doing is snacking, and my favorite snack is popcorn. And so I can finish an entire bag, a giant bag of popcorn by myself. And so once I start eating popcorn, I can't stop. And it's really popcorn and my cocktails, because I don't eat really poorly. But what I do is I snack really poorly. I'll snack on popcorn, which is terrible. Shouldn't do it. Or lately, I've been having these cravings for bread, so I'll eat a bagel. But I'm eating it at like 9 o'clock at night. You're not supposed to do that. And And then when I eat bread, I feel completely bloated. I know. Because now I'm not used to eating bread. I haven't really eaten bread over the last year because of this diet. So now that I'm like eating bread again, it's bad. And the popcorn is just bloating. So I'm bloating myself out and then washing it down with a delicious cocktail. See? 
it, yeah. I'm telling you, the Impossible Burger it's is just, regulating it's you. regulating me. It's saying, get out, it's bad saying, thing. Yeah, because yeah. like, when you get up in the morning, are you like, you know, are you regular with your bowels? Semi. Yeah. See, well, I semi. eat the Impossible Burger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I actually, you. you know what? I, I shade the Impossible Burger, but it is actually delicious. It's I finished delicious. my whole burger last night. It's I, really good. I had to take half of mine home because of all the food that we had. But don't yeah. think that that will not be dinner. No, I'm going out to dinner with my boyfriend. <laughs> don't think that won't be breakfast tomorrow morning. It really is good. And the thing about vegan is I have another good friend um, besides you, um, Cousin Jackie, who's a vegan. And so whenever she comes into town, my friend Lisa, who I'm going to take us all out I'm one so day, crashing when she comes back. And she has this app called Happy Cow that she had me download. So it always yes. can find where to go. And she knows where all the chic vegan places yes. are too so we've gone to really gourmet places we've gone to like fun casual places so she we have to hook you guys up because she knows where to eat I need to meet her because once you're really into veganism that is part of it is the radar of knowing where to eat because there's good vegan food and then there's just sort of not great vegan there food is. that just tastes bland and I think a lot of people fear that it won't taste good yeah and then there's just learning what you can eat around you like if, if you are hungry and you want to eat something what you can eat right. that's a big learning and what has animal well. fat in it that you don't think does, right? Like if a, you eat a chip, potato chip, you could have animal fat. So you have to, it's 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 a lot of work. Listen, there are some wine and beverages that use animal products to produce. Oh. Yeah, so there, there's a thing as vegan wine. I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah. So I'm just not going to, My you know. problem with veganism is that I would have to, there are a couple things that are in my diet that have helped me lose weight that I would have to give up. One is eggs. Eggs are like a they staple vegan to eggs? my diet. I had some I vegan eggs. Let me tell you something. It's made out of soy protein, so okay. it gives you the same protein. Mm-hmm. It's a powder. You scramble it up. Let me tell you. It I tastes cut up, like a bacon and eggs. No, eggs. it doesn't. Okay. I cut up some fresh garlic, mm-hmm. put that in olive oil in the pan, poured it in there, you know, mixed in some mushrooms and some tomatoes, mm-hmm. some fresh basil. It scrambles, mm-hmm. put it on my plate. It looked just like eggs, and it tasted really delicious. Mm-hmm. And it's protein. Like it's. It, I mean, it. It does egg like. It gives you egg like. I mean, I'm not gonna say it. Oh, this is just like eggs. Just yeah. like the Impossible Burger is not just like a burger, but it reminds you of it, and it's good. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just feel like we have to let go of you know. Oh, I need it to taste like this. I need right. it to taste like that. When it when it's flavorful. Right. And it's good, and it puts you in the space. Yeah. Like I'm a huge fan of poached eggs. Mm-hmm. I've had to give that up because of the whole veganism thing but someone has invented an egg yolk like vegan liquid Mm -hmm. that you can pour because i like to break it in the way that 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 egg gravy yes yes yeah i love it so and someone's created something like that there's so many things out there and if you just kind of like release your mind from "Mm, that's fake this that's fake that and just try it like if you didn't know I promise you, if you came to my house for breakfast and I made vegan eggs and I just put it out with different things, yeah. you would have no Wouldn't idea. Wouldn't even know. You would not know. Then the other thing is honey. Because the bees are making it any way they want to make honey. Yeah, Why can't you but eat honey? Because bees are endangered and it's the, they're being exploited. You know what I mean? But they're going to make it anyway. They shake yeah. the little butts and make honey. That's but what they it's, do. it's what's being done to them in order to extract the honey. Listen, there's some vegans. I still, I still do honey. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I haven't given up honey yet because I'm looking for different, different sweeteners. Right. And there's agave. There's monk fruit. There are a lot of things out there to choose from. I just have to do the work and educate yeah. myself. Okay. You're gonna get some converse, Jackie Reed. I am. I'm working on it. I got my eye on you. Wait. I have one more thing I have to say. Okay. Because I just came up with a brilliant idea. Okay. You know how we have cocktails yes. at the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
one thing that I love as you do mm-hmm. is popcorn. We should have yeah. popcorn here. We should have, we should popcorn. have popcorn here. But it's such, a, it's such a cheat. No, it's not. Let me tell you why. Why is that? Because I make popcorn the vegan way. And how, well, how is that? With vegan butter. <laughs> it's a plant-based butter. It's so good. Okay. It's not bad for you. Okay. Or you can put truffle oil on it. Mm. That's even better. And you just put a little bit on and mix it in. Let me make, I'm going to bring some next Bring some next time. time. I'm going to bring some. You try it out. Okay. That'll be my additional contribution. Okay. Okay. And then I can get skinny again. You're you're the perfect size. No, what are you I'm, talking I'm, about? I'm fluffy again. I've, I've fluffed back. You have not. I have back up. I've gained weight again. Very depressing. Are you depressed about it? Yeah, because I, I was. Wait, I was let skinny. me put on my therapy hat. <laughs> What's going on? No, I'm just I'm I'm fluffing back out because again I'm eating too late, snacking, and having cocktails, which technically is not in my diet. I know, but I am not taking prosecco and Saint Germain out of my diet. I'm sorry. No, I refuse to give up alcohol. You can't give up alcohol. That's just crazy. It's not happening. Mm-mm. And I lost the weight still having alcohol. I just limited it to, you know, the prosecco and Saint Germain or champagne. Yeah, 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 lower calorie. Listen. So I limited it to that. But really, having that at like eleven o'clock at night is probably not the best idea. No, but listen, <laughs> it's reasonable not it's reasonable. to give it up. Yeah, that's just crazy. All, All right, right. Well, right along. You're not fluffy. <laughs> I love you. Guys. And there's the title. <laughs> and there's the title. You're not You're fluffy. not fluffy. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about we have so many things to talk about. Yes. First and foremost, at Comic-Con last week, they released a trailer of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. for the next season, season mm-hmm. 9. Mm-hmm. It'll be back in October. And fans are going wild because it's it looks like there's been a tremendous time jump. Yeah. Judith is much older now. Hmm. Maggie has had her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick is very gray in the beard and in the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks like there. I don't know how many years forward we move. Mm-hmm. Um, Negan is still the fuck around. That's my problem. And in prison. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's imprisoned, mm-hmm. I should say. But um you know, I don't know. So I'm I have, I'm a little torn on The Walking Dead season nine. I have to tell you, and you know, Fear I'm the a Walking Dead really kind of changed you, didn't it? Fear changed me because oh. first of all, my new favorite favorite character Morgan moved over to Fear of the Walking Dead, and I love Morgan. And then John Dory, the cowboy, John Dory, who's amazing, love him. So now Fear the Walking Dead, even though they did kill my they killed my boy uh, off, and I'm very still upset about Nick. It. Are you still upset I'm still about upset that? About Nick, I love Nick, but it's fine. I can live without Nick as long as the mama gone. I couldn't stand the mama. And if the girl, the daughter, I, I still you hear her. my, sucking I know the you teeth. Can suck your teeth. So I do like that, but it's not just that. It's that the Walking Dead won't kill off Negan. And I'm sorry, but one of the things that drove me to fear the Walking Dead is that I just cannot do another season of Negan. Yeah, I can't stand that character. There's nothing about it that is to me worthwhile. They never make the character lose. The character always wins, even living through being slashed. By how does that happen? How, I mean, how with so, no, I mean, no medical facility. Right. Who lives through that? No one lives through that, and so Rick can never win, and Negan can never lose. I'm not sure I can do another season of Negan. I have to be honest with you. I can't do another season of Negan on top of the fact that Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick, is leaving. Right. Like we know going into this that this Correct. is his last, last season. season. 
I is Negan going to kill Rick? Like, you know, and Rick was never my favorite. I have to be honest with you. I've always been annoyed by Rick because I think he makes bad decisions. And I think he gets people killed. It's true he gets people killed. That's actually something Negan says. It's true. Coral. 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 And his his wife originally, oh, my God, she was the worst character in the show. She was the worst. I was happy to see her go. I was so glad to see her go. I know. Who has a baby? I can't. Also, who has a baby in the apocalypse? Why do these women keep getting pregnant? In the apocalypse. It's like y'all go through drugstores, find a morning after Can pill. Can you not find God's a morning sake. after pill or some condoms or something? Do something. How y'all getting pregnant in the apocalypse? That's Who insane. has time to have sex when zombies are around? And also, a baby cries. It makes noise. It's going to get you caught. It may, I have. I am not a fan of any kids. Kill them all on The Walking Dead. Just kill them. It's like, in, did you see the movie A Quiet Place? Yes. You have a baby? Come on. What do babies do? Shit and cry. And cry. Why would you have a baby? You got to feed the baby. You got to change the baby. And the baby's going to cry. And the the baby, that's what they do. What they do. They eat shit and cry. It bothered me the fact that she was pregnant. Why would you be so irresponsible? Where the whole point is to be quiet. It's to be quiet. And so now in the zombie apocalypse, that baby is food for a zombie. There's no other alternative. That baby cannot live. That baby is a bullhorn for and zombies. It's, a it's just going to attract them. It's like a fire engine. It's like a fire engine. And also you have to carry it. Babies are heavy. They look small, but they're heavy. They need attention. They're just, yes. They can't fight. No. They eat up food. That's correct. They take up too much time because you have to look after them. You have to wash them, feed yes. them. You know, it's too much. And also, what are they feeding Judith? You have to breastfeed a baby. The mama was dead. Who was breastfeeding Judith all that time? Because there's no formula. It's not like there's Enfamil. She it's, was ve- it's the apocalypse. She was vegan. Maybe she was vegan. She was vegan. <laughs> what was she eating when she was an infant? How did she live to be even a toddler? Nuts and berries. There's no food. Yeah, she was She was definitely vegan. I'm frustrated. I am going to still. Are you going to watch, though? I'm going to watch it because I'm so loyal to the show. So I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to I'm going to watch it, but if Negan is still around in like the third or fourth episode, I might bail. I have to be honest. I love Daryl. I live third for Third or fourth episode? I'm not sure I can do more than that. Honestly, Daryl and Carol are now my two favorite characters on Well, the show. in the trailer, there's a moment where we see a little I, I, intimacy might be too Daryl and Carol work between Daryl and Carol. Daryl and Carol are going to get together. I, what? It's, it's kind of like I'm trying to remember what it is exactly. I don't know. If she puts her head on his shoulder like they're doing something together, yeah. and she puts her head. They on are each bonded. Other. I love. They them. are to me. If the two of the I ship them. If the two of them would get together, that would that would help me get over Negan still being alive. And I would, and if the real zombie apocalypse happened, it's Daryl and Carol who I would want to follow because they're the only ones who were going to live. If Rick was going and Michonne, way, And Michonne, well. See, Except Michonne, now she's all fooled up with Rick and yeah. she's lost her edge. It's the love thing. Romance and babies are a problem yes. in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. Nobody should hook up. Nope. It's like masturbate and just and keep, and, it moving. And keep it moving. And how you would have time to think about that? Michonne had an edge when she was by herself that she has lost now that she's all fooled up and soft-hearted with Rick. Oh. And now she's being, you know, she was trying to be Coral's little ex- Karen after Carl, and like, it was mm, just she and lost Judith, her edge. and yeah, it was too much. Every time they, and and people should notice that everyone who gets into romances, their significant other dies. The gay Glenn. character lost his significant other. Glenn and Maggie were both survivors. They were both the people who were going to live, and then they got together and. Glenn died. Yeah. You can't, the, 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 nobody survives. The young woman who was a lesbian and then her partner also gets shot oh, yeah, with yeah, an arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you get into a relationship in the zombie apocalypse, you die. You die. So hopefully Carol and Daryl will just have the little tease, but no, don't get together. You would, yeah. one of you will die. And even if, if you're not the 
partner that dies, the surviving partner is so distraught that's right. that they're no good for the they're fight. They're no good anymore. You know, now you're all emotional. We that's need right. you focused for the fight. And even the king, the king had this edge. But then when he had personal loss because he got so connected to the little boy, he lost his edge. No, it wasn't the boy. It was the the tiger and, it, and the tiger when he lost his tiger, I honey. Even, they let them eat his tiger. Please don't even. Ah! I can't even relive that moment. No, that I almost had to stop. It was like the dragon in Game of Thrones. Yes, it yes. was. I, I don't. Sheba. Come on. I don't know if I can get over. So The that. Walking Dead has delivered us so much sorrow and loss that I don't think they understand that the audience, especially in the time we're living in, in the real world, yeah. needs hope. It's the same. It's a version of the same problem The Handmaid's Tale is having. You drag us down so far into hell when we're already in our real lives living through what to a lot of people feels like hell. Like a time when everything's unstable, when what feels like sort of dark forces are winning. You don't want to watch a show where dark forces are winning. You want our team to win. So I think what the fear The Walking Dead understands is that you need to give some victories to our side. Give some hope. Some hope. Whereas The Walking Dead for the last two, three seasons has been Hopeless. Ever since Glenn and Abraham were killed at the hands of Negan and yes. Lucille, it just has all Hopeless. been downhill since And then. then they had the nerve to try to humanize Negan and make us like Negan and care about There's why nothing he redeemable made about him. Lucille. We don't give a Nobody damn cares. about your backstory. Die. Just die, die. die. Let me tell you, if Judith killed Negan, then I could keep her on the show. That's if the true. baby killed Negan. That's true. I'm good. Otherwise, that's true. Kill Negan and Judith with the same bullet. <laughs> Just line them up. <laughs> Just line them up. I mean, <laughs> lay him down. Put Judith on top of his chest. <laughs> shoot her first. Both let the bullet them. go through his heart. And Maggie's baby on top of Judith. <laughs> I'm done. I need to be in the writers' room. They're, they don't understand. And so that so this is our charge to you as two diehard Walking Dead fans. Please. We, we might be the two biggest Walking Dead fans. Yes. Cousin Jackie and Cousin Joy are, are begging you. Huge. Kill Negan. Yes. Because if you want your viewers to remain with the show, we cannot live with Negan. Negan isn't even like like um like the governor. The governor was a was a was a horrible villain, but he was a campy sort of there was something about him that was sort of campy and kind of wonderful, right? Right. There's nothing redeeming about Negan. Negan is the most horrific, nasty, despicable character they've ever had in the show. Kill him off. Kill him off. Or I'm not going to keep watching. I don't know why they keep him around the way that they do. In the comics, he stays around. So they're trying to follow the comic, but they've right. run off the comic. There's no Daryl in the there's comic. There's no Daryl, so there's no reason. There's no reason to keep him around. You're not on the comic anymore. Just kill him off. Let us see him die in a spectacular fashion, the way y'all killed off. Everybody hates Chris. Remember, y'all let him be eaten in a I rotating was so door. Oh, mad by 4, about that. Zombies. Why did that? And we don't even know the guy that. Um, what's the dude that was in um, the NWA movie that was on The Walking Dead? Yes, with the braids. With the braids. Where'd where he go? Where the fuck is where he? Where the brother at? We don't even know where he is. He's just lost. He's just lost. And he went over to do Twenty Four as an actor. Okay, but that was canceled, so he could come back. Right. So pop you know, up. Bring us back characters we like. Kill Negan. End of story. Boop. And Judith. <laughs> and Maggie's and the other baby. baby. If they kill Judith and Maggie's baby this season, I'll give them time to let Negan live 
a few more episodes. Unacceptable. No. Negan has to go first. That would give me hope (laughs) that they have some sense if they kill the two babies. But then Maggie won't have a reason to go on. Okay. And neither will Michonne because now isn't Michonne technically Judith's mama? Listen, she already lost Car- Carl, and she lost her baby before. In, in right, why she got to raise thing. another baby now? Listen. And now she's going to be carrying a sword and a baby? I can't. Because she's basically the only one left to take care of Judith. There's nobody left. Listen, she's not. It's just something she's She's not supposed doing. to be a nanny. It's just she's something supposed to be a fighter. It's something she's doing to look good to her man. She don't care about them kids. <laughs> she don't care about She need to pick up her sword and fight. Okay, I want to see Michonne kick ass. She's just trying to keep her man happy. Let me pretend like I like these kids. <laughs> keep him happy so I can get served up. Oh, my God. I can't. But I'm glad it's coming back. And if she gets pregnant, I'm done. McGon. Don't let Michonne get pregnant. When I tell you. Gone. If... Thank you. Okay, my Impossible Burger is here. See, you don't have to be hangry anymore. If, That's why you're threatening them kids. Because <laughs> I'm hangry. You're angry. I'm hangry. <laughs> no, it's not that. I listen. I am hungry right now, but I cannot with these kids. It, it, Carl barely got by. Think about when I Carl was, was not a, a fan kid. of Carl. How many problems? Think about the little girl that Carol had to kill. Yes, because she was out of her mind. Yes, kids because are a problem. Child. And remember, Carl. Caused a lot of problems. Remember, yes! he waded down into the water. Yes! The Carl was the reason Carl was my least favorite character is because of all the problems he caused. Every time we turned around, Carl was not following directions, doing the opposite of what his daddy told him, and messing things up, and wearing that stupid hat. <laughs> Take that hat off. Your daddy was a sheriff in the normal world. There's no police. He is no longer the sheriff. No, take the hat off, Carl. And just act like a normal human being. He got shot in the eye because he wasn't following directions. And he got bitten. Because he wasn't because following he was directions. being stupid. Carl was stupid. That and man that he helped had been out here surviving for how long? And he's a doctor. The and he's a fine. doctor. He don't need you to save no, him. He did He not. has been surviving all this time. He did not. And so I think in conclusion, Daryl and Carol, follow them wherever they go if you want to live. Right. Everyone who's decided to, you know become soft-hearted and get into relationships Michonne, and have a boyfriend, mm-mm. they're not going to make I'm not it. following her right now. I wouldn't follow her anywhere right now because her mind isn't right. She's worried about her man. And she's worried about her man's child. And what's she going to do? Therefore, if you kill Judith, it'd be one less thing for Michonne to, to worry about. about. And, when, and when Rick leaves the show, then Michonne is going to either have to fight or die because she's going to be alone again. Remember, she's gonna, unless she's going to become the mommy to the baby. Because if Rick goes, what happens to... Judith, does Michonne inherit her? This is a problem. It's a big problem. We need to free Michonne. When Rick leaves the show, he needs to take Judith. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, it needs to be a package. A deal. package. Wherever deal. he goes, she's got to go. Jackie. Oh my God, we spent all this time about walking. Do we even do the wine event. down? Because we're eat, we're drinking something oh, delicious. Oh shoot! I tasted it and was like, it was like music to my mouth. Maison Marcel. I'm gonna say it that way because I'm gonna say it's French. But um, our friends at Pompette, mm-hmm. the wine store in Harlem that you should all visit when you come to Harlem, it is one of the sexiest wine spots I've ever been to. But this is a sparkling rosé. How delicious is this? Mixed with nothing. Right. It's so good. It's so delicious. Clinkity clink. Can I just tell you that this is so delicious and refreshing? I would rival this with my normal cocktail. Right? This it's is good. so good. Oh, and by I itself. Love the packaging. It's so adorable. It's a beautiful bottle. Yes, we love and it's it. It's tasty. Mmm. 
I love it. Well, we don't have time to talk about anything else. No, we, we don't. We spent so much time talking about Walking Dead, but can we give a shout out to Beyonce, who's going to take over the September cover of yes. Vogue? And big up to my boy, Yashar Ali, my friend, who had the scoopola. The, uh, we, call him, we call him the ice cream man because he, oh, he has the scoops. He has the scoops. He had the scoop in the Huffington Post that for the first time ever, a black photographer shot the cover, which to me is a bit insane that in over 100 years of 126 Vogue years of Vogue existence there has never been a black man shameful. a black person shame to shoot the the cover shameful and a 20s and a young a young um photographer is going to do it he's a baby he's a baby's in his 20s so that's exciting but we also learned in um Yashar's story in the Huffington Post that Anna Winter has basically turned over creative control not even basically she's turned over creative control to Beyonce in the agreement um, Beyonce has complete creative control over the cover. It's never happened before. Anna Wintour holds on to this responsibility with the grip of death. Yeah. Like she decides, like even the celebrities who are on these covers have no say. Yeah. In anything that's done. Beyonce has complete control over mm-hmm. the cover and the images inside the magazine. She even wrote the captions that's that go amazing. with the photographs. Everything. I, I mean, I love her for making this decision to choose this photographer but it speaks volumes Mm -hmm. that um you know i here's what i think is going on i think anna wintour Mm -hmm. there are these rumors that she's stepping down as the editor of vogue which is the end of an era i i think that this fuels that i think she's going away and that it's a possibility that the black brit who's running British Vogue... Could be stepping could in. Who just put Rihanna in. on the cover. Who just put Rihanna on the cover. I have to tell you, fashion covers are giving me life right now. Kendrick She's the first Lamar, black woman to be on the cover of British Vogue. Which is also ridiculous. Crazy. So you have British Vogue with Rihanna on the cover right now. Right now at my house, I have the Kendrick Lamar cover of Vanity Fair, which is amazing. Beyonce is going to be covering Vogue and controlling the content of it. I feel like fashion magazines, which took a really long time to when we were like... Why isn't Naomi Campbell on covers, right? We've gotten to the point now where African Americans, where black people are finally covering these major magazines. It took damn long enough. But I think there's a recognition that black culture and black celebrity is mainstream culture and mainstream celebrity. It definitely is. I mean, you know, but that that's my problem. You know, it, it took us this long to get here you know, for a black man to shoot the cover and for a black woman to have control of the cover of Vogue magazine. Yeah. But it's still, I, I still don't feel that there's enough respect for us. They they want to kind of like, they love hip hop, right? Yeah. You know, I'm around white people that know all the lyrics and all mm-hmm. that, but they don't want to quote get behind. them incessantly. They could quote them, they want to dance in them, but they don't want to know the reality of the stories behind those right. lyrics. Right. They don't want to get that involved. Right. They and just want to dance to it. That's right. And that's and then be separated from it. And mm-hmm, and that's the thing is that if you, you can quote all the lyrics you want, but you're not living the reality that produced those lyrics and you don't ever have to No, they don't even understand them. If you can quote those lyrics, you need to be out marching with Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, if you're loving Kendrick Lamar that much, Mm -hmm. then you need to get behind and really delve into what's going on it's a question in America of, of, when it comes to black people. Absolutely. That black culture at a certain point became entertainment. I can remember even in college when a lot of, you know, white students were loving N.W.A., putting X caps on like Malcolm X um, because of the Spike Lee film. White but the reality, Of course, because the reality is most of hip hop. this at Harvard? Yes, ma'am. This, the reality is that hip hop is mostly consumed by white people, right? White young men um, are, are the big market for it. Yeah. But the reality is 
the the lives that produce the kind of music NWA was making, the ri- the real risk to their lives. If you've seen the movie Straight Outta Compton, you know that they were, oh my God, it's so good. But you're, these are young men who were literally the at Walking risk from Dead. the police. The guy from The Walking Dead is in it. He's brilliant. He plays Dr. That Dread. I know. <laughs> and the reality is, is that people who were producing hip hop, particularly in the 90s, they're, they're, they're coming out of neighborhoods where they have real risk of the police, real risk of their lives. They're telling these stories. They were like the CNN of the hood is the way it was described back then. But the, the people who are consuming the music can just look at it as pure entertainment. Right. And I don't think that's right. And, and, but it, it, and the, the people who are... I have a problem with that. Yeah. A big problem with it. Yeah. And people are sort of enjoying it as, as entertainment right. without having to really confront the underlying issues as Cousin Jackie delves into her... <laughs> Impossible Burger. This sister is having this burger. I'm so hungry. Girl, eat it. Don't worry about it. Don't feel bad. I was eating chips last week. I was stuffing potato chips in my mouth as we were on the show, so it's fine. And somebody on social media was like, can you please not eat on the show? Because we can hear, but... Mm. Mm. And while cousin Jackie, cousin while cousin Jackie is uh, indulging in her Impossible Burger and fries, uh, her vegan fries, I want to also give a shout out to LeBron James. I have to say, oh my god, don't ever tell LeBron James to shut up and and play, okay? Because LeBron James is doing the opposite. Um, Right now, I feel like he is sort of the modern Muhammad Ali. He's the person who's the most out front. Although shout outs to people like Dwayne Wade. And obviously Colin Kaepernick and other uh, professional athletes who are really doing it big for black culture, for black lives, of really saying that there's more to it than just celebrity and fame, that we need to really uplift people's real lives and risks. And they're willing to put their livelihood at risk. That's right. Which is what I love. And risk getting into fights with people like Laura Ingram over doing the right thing and saying the right thing and standing up, for instance, to the president of the United States. LeBron James, rather than shutting up and playing, has opened up a school. The LeBron James Family Foundation has opened a school for at-risk kids in Akron, Ohio. A public school. A public school. And here are the features of it. Free tuition, free uniforms, a free bicycle and helmet for every kid, free transportation within two miles to get to school. And an opportunity for parents to come and learn as well. Parents can come and learn as well. Free breakfast, lunch, and snacks. And I can tell you, back in the day, I used to do, um, I used to have a client, one one of my clients used to be the Urban League in Miami. And one of the things they found, which was the reason that students couldn't learn one reason they couldn't learn is because students were arriving to school and if their parent like worked late or worked overnight they hadn't had breakfast and they couldn't even think right. until they had something to eat just like how you were just hangry yeah. a child who hasn't had breakfast sometimes they can't even focus yeah. and so at one of the schools that um, this it. particular urban league had adopted what they did was in first period before they learned anything with the third graders they actually fed them breakfast and let them put their head down mm-hmm. and take a nap and they found that having that be what they did in their first period allowed them to learn for the rest of the day because then they had something to eat and they had a chance to take a nap. So that's important. Food pantry for the families, GEDs and job placement services for the parents, guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates. Go LeBron, go. God bless him. him. I love that he did this. Yeah. I mean, that's a drop the mic moment. Drops the mic. Brilliant. Go LeBron, go. Uh, Do we have time to talk about Omarosa's new book? No. (laughs) We don't. Omarosa, please come on the podcast. You are invited. We want to talk about we your We love book. you. We'll get you an Impossible come on, girl. Burger. Mm. Whatever you want to drink, we got. And we love the title, Unhinged, an insider's account of the Trump White House. Let me just make this pitch to you, Omarosa, because, you know, you've been on my show. We've had some little contentious back and forths. Be nice. But what we I'm going to tell come you, on the sister, show. is we have a wine down. You can tell us whatever wine you like. We will order it, mm-hmm. and we will all sit around here, the three of us, and have cocktails, and you can dish, 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 and dish, And Omarosa dish. and I go way back. 
We've always gotten along very well. Yeah. Interestingly enough, before the Trump sort of phenomenon of running for president, we always got along fine. We always got along great. So, Omarosa, come on the show. Okay. Come on the podcast. Jackie Reed's mouth is full of impossible burger. So, right now, we are joined by one of Broadway's best, Miss LaShawns. And it's just LaShawns, right? Yep. Right now, she's in the hit Broadway musical, Summer, the Donna Summer musical. Yes. Of course, about the life of the great, incomparable Donna Summer. Um, And I I can't wait for her to break down how this musical is put together for those who haven't seen it. Um, She is, uh, she won one Tony Award, but she's been nominated three times. Mm-hmm. Got robbed, I would want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I, you know, she's just one of those people that's just, you know, one of the greats of Broadway. And the one and only Lashans is here with us now. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. So happy to be here with you, ladies. Well, you've been in, you know, two of the recent really terrific Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. The summer, summer, the Donna Summer musical is very popular right now. It's super hot. I was telling you earlier, my son Usher's on it. So shout out to Jamal Reed, who's the best. <laughs> the usher baby is an usher. The baby's an usher. Show? And he's ushering with LaShawn. So and I'm sure exciting. I've met him because I'm always going up to front of house to say hi to the ushers because our show gets it's a wonderful show, but it gets a lot of people that want to get up and dance and party yes. and they come ready because for you're, the show. you're you all are performing all of the great music yes. of Donna Summer. That's what it's about. Yes. So ju- so I'm sure. Jamar yeah. has he has uh, sat quite a few people down. Yes, he has. <laughs> He's had to tell a lot of people not to try to tape it with the phone. And a lot of that. Work. And yes. one of the things he has said is that the the, the Donna Summer cast is one of the nicest casts because you know as an usher you get to meet all the cast. Oh yeah. And so you know there are some casts that spend more time than others in front of house, and so he loves the cast. So. You guys are doing great. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. I love front of house. They're they're a part of the reason we can do this. We have the front of house. We have the crew. We have the bit. We have us, the actors. So it's it's really one big family. Yeah. And you know? for those who are who you know don't know the Broadway lingo, what is front of house? Front of house is the, when you first enter the theater and mm-hmm. you're greeted by the ushers and the people that are working, the ushers and the people that are selling the concessions. Oh, the I love bar, all of the people that work literally at as you enter the theater. And then they're selling all of the merchandise. That's considered front of the house. Mm-hmm. The house is the theater. Got you. There we are in the back of the house, which is where the stage is, the wings, and everything. The pit is under the under the yeah. stage where the musicians typically are. But for our show, they are in one of the uh, larger dressing rooms because we extended our stage because we wanted a larger stage, so we covered our pit. That's amazing. So, yeah. And so how daunting was it to tackle? I mean, this is obviously iconic music. Donna Summer is an iconic character. Yes. Multiple women play Donna Summer in the show. So mm-hmm. it's a it's sort of a multi-layered show. How how daunting was it to take on Donna Summer? Well, it's really interesting. Our director Des Mackinoff, he wanted to apparently apparently Donna wanted to do a musical about her life. She wrote the book Ordinary Girl, and she was attempting to uh to write a musical about her life using her music. Um, but, of course, because she's so famous and had so many other things going on in her career, it, it got segued. But he never left that idea. And Coleman Domingo, who was one of the writers, came to him and said, listen, let's put our heads together and come up with an idea where we actually tell the story of her life told through three 
three different women at three different stages of her life. Mm-hmm. I play Diva Donna. So basically what you're doing is you're coming into a concert that I'm hosting as Donna. And I'm taking you back into my life. And then there's a young woman, Ariana DeBose, who plays Disco Donna that takes you through the the earl- earlier years when she first got started. And then there's a young woman, Storm Lever, who plays Duckling Donna mm-hmm. when she was a child, when she started in the church and what was going on through her life during that time, growing up in a house of seven and growing up in, in Boston and working class family and some of the issues that she had to deal with. I don't want to give the story away, but, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't, she, she, I think she wrote the book Ordinary Girl because she really came from humble beginnings and she liked to think of herself as an ordinary girl. Yeah. And this is a fun show, I yeah. have to say, even though you do deal with some difficult topics mm-hmm. um, that she had to experience in her life, the audience is a big part of this show, usually, and you know, you've done so many Broadway shows, you kind of want the audience to be quiet, yes. you know, even when you're singing, but you know, they're singing along and you all encourage that. We do. And one of the first things I say as Diva Donna is if you want to sing, go right ahead. If you want to dance, get up and flail around. So we give them permission yeah. at the top of the show and they go for it. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, We've had people uh, try to come up on the stage. I mean, it really gets. <laughs> don't try to come up on the stage. Can we just say that? I mean, people don't it's try a party. to come up on the stage. Please. They really take it to heart. But yeah. but it is also a theatrical experience. Yeah. And so we're giving you a story as well as performing these songs that people love yeah. so dearly. What's You're, your favorite song? I would be interested. I know. Because of Jackie. Great minds. Great minds. <laughs> I, I sing a song called Friends Unknown. It's not one of her more popular songs, but it's one of the songs she wrote later in life. And it is an homage to her audience, to, the, to her, the people who have made her who she is. And I sing that song in the show. Um, at the piano, playing the piano. It's a very loving moment, beautiful song. But I have to say, of her popular songs, Dim All the Lights. Oh. Oh, Dim All the Lights is my favorite Donna song. Well, so growing up, my cousins that used to come stay with us every summer, my Auntie Dolly's kids, my middle, my, the cousin that's my age, Rhonda, she would play Donna Summer's greatest hits. This was her favorite album besides Grease, which we we still fight about the fact that she would play Grease all the time. It really bothered me. But <laughs> she would play Donna Summer. She would play it over and over and over and over again. So Donna Summer's like sort of part of the soundtrack of my growing up life. You obviously too young uh, to have grown up with that. <laughs> um, but were you a huge fan of her music before you got into this musical? Oh, of course. I mean, disco happened really blew up when I when like in the 80s for me like that even though it had started in the 70s I really came uh became a huge fan of her in the 80s I have to say remember um um state of independence yeah remember state of independence that she did with Michael Jackson oh, and Jones yes. produced yes. it yeah that was really what pulled me to her because that was that's a singer <laughs> right? song that was a singer song and I, I was I'm often drawn to when I was as a teenager drawn to singers yeah and because Donna's music, which is what I've learned, is all very challenging, but the beat was so important with her music early on with the disco, I didn't hear her her voice. But now that I've been singing it eight times a week, I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you, that woman had range. Her voice was incredible. It is. It. I literally live like a monk trying to save my voice <laughs> to get there and sing it every night. But... Um, 
State of Independence was really, was when I really got to hear her, yeah. hear, hear the quality and the power of her voice. And so that was also one of my favorites. So incredible. And behind the scenes, her husband was really involved with yes. getting this produced, right? Yes, Bruce Sedano. He's still there. He comes around every now and then. He checks in. And the daughters as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so incredible. it feels in a lot of ways like for the last, I would say, two or three seasons, there's been sort of a golden age of black Broadway, right? Obviously, The Color Purple, yes. which, of course, you know very well. I mean, a fantastic show. There's just been a lot more productions with predominantly black cast and sort of focus. Um, there's even, it, it's, I, I want to call it Under the Sea. There's this, um, Once no, on this Island. Once on this Island. island. Like, there's yeah. a lot going on. Or are we just perceiving it and maybe we still aren't doing enough content that really is focused on Yeah, we talk so much about, you know, Oscars being so wide and we talk about Mm -hmm. the television industry and, you know, whether or not African Americans, people of color are making progress. What's it like on Broadway? I would have to say Broadway is one of the most diverse uh, talent mediums for me. I've been in theater since um, I got out of college. In fact, once on this island, I originated that role. And back in 1991. Wow. And the same thing for Color Purple. And these yeah. are revivals now yep. that are coming back. So it's yeah. kind of interesting for me That's to sit back and see revivals of shows of roles that I've created. Yeah. There have been four now. Wow. Or not. Wait, wow. Okay. Once What's the fourth island, one? Once Color the Purple. Ragtime. Oh. Sarah in Ragtime. And... Um, I don't know if you know this, it didn't make it to Broadway, but The Bubbly Black Girl Sheds Her Chameleon Skin, which was an amazing play, but was recently revived at City Center. Mm. So there have been four roles that I've created and right. that have been revived since I've been in business. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? That's amazing. Something has to be done about that. And now my daughter is starting to perform, which right. is right. Yeah. What is she but doing? Tell us what she's doing. She's doing a musical. She just did the production of, of it out of town at ART called Jagged Little Pill, mm. which is a musical based on... On I've heard Alanis about this. Morissette's yep. yeah. music, um, set told to the story, uh, told in the story of a white couple that adopts a black girl mm-hmm. and their relationship, and it's really about the mother and daughter's relationship and what mm. they struggle with, and and it's very contemporary, and it has a lot of. Uh, it's just such a wonderful piece of theater. It broke records up at ART. Mm. Um, it took her out of school her last trimester of high school. Wow. wow. She had to move up to Boston and have a tutor for her last trimester of high school. But, yeah. you know, it was a great breakout for her. Are you so. a stage mom? I'm a momager. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. Yes. I am her momager. Yeah, I have been through it. I know yeah. what to expect. Yeah. I tell her exactly. I stay out of the way as much as possible. I did get her a really good agent, but I definitely see everything that You're comes involved. from is, the is, Do you ever get the, mom? No. No? No. So she appreciates She it. does. She grew up backstages. So mm-hmm. she she knows what my life is like. And I think that's one of the reasons, that's where she got the bug. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did everything I could to encourage her to do, to take her other passion. But she is doing that. She's she's double majoring in, in college. That's awesome. She starts in the fall, which is early childhood psychology. Wow. So, well, that'll help her deal with the Well, world. can you give some <laughs> advice to, there's so many young actresses, particularly actresses of color, mm-hmm. that may be daunted by the prospect of being a black girl trying to make it in something as daunting and big as Broadway. What do you suggest that people do early on in their careers to prepare to be like you? I'd have to... Th- Discipline is the number one key to being successful in this business because theater is not like film and television in the way that you have to be able to maintain your instrument consistently eight times a week. You can't get up there and blow it out one night and then 
remember, you have seven more to go. And I think um, in the age of, you know, all of these shows on television where their singers are just blowing their voices and people think that there's instant fame and instant gratification, theater isn't that way. You really have to maintain your instrument. So my advice to any young actor, aspiring actor out there is to really work on your craft, make it as polished as it can be, take your lessons, get your voice lessons, get your acting lessons, get your dance lessons, and really polish what you do well and then come out. Come yeah. out. Let me ask you a question about voice lessons. Mm-hmm. So can they really make you a better singer? And if, or do you have to have the skills. Like I think about, I, I'm not, of course, going to name names, but I think about so many people out there, you know, who are performers who sing, but really don't have strong vocals mm-hmm. is a nice way to say it. Can a vocal coach, uh, vocal lessons take you to a place, to a different place vocally? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're learning technique. Here's the deal. If you can sing, you can sing. Mm-hmm. And there are some singers that have small voices. Mm-hmm. There are some singers that have great big voices. There are some that have breathy voices. But what a voice teacher does is te- they teach you the technique of singing. So there may be singers that um, you hear on the radio that are very breathy and they probably have never had a voice lesson. Right. Mm. Or maybe they have and they chose that quality. But an, a voice teacher will teach you how to use the instrument mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and nine times out of ten, if you are consistently training with a good vocal coach, you will develop a stronger voice. It's like it's like ath- like an athlete. Mm-hmm. It's just training. We, it's training just training. Muscle. Yeah. I'll tell you, exactly. Jamar takes them and he swears by them. Oh, really? absolutely. He's yeah, in a I voice lesson them. two or three times a you week. You still yeah. do? Oh, absolutely. I have a coach. Yeah. I work with my coach once a week. And I like, wonder... And achieving what all that you've accomplished in this industry, like, where can your voice go? It seems like it just... It's just maintenance. Yep. Oh, you know, okay. Serena, what is, what is Serena doing? She's yeah. up there hitting those Maintaining. balls. Yep. Yeah. And how you do know? you keep yeah. from, when you're performing the show so many times a week... How do you keep your voice intact? Yeah, what's your your what's your routine? Because that's a lot of singing, it's and those are difficult of, songs. Yeah. It, it it really is. My my voice doctor, who I see also, because it is my instrument, and so I have to maintain it. Um, and this is a very vocally demanding role. Yes, I have to sing quite a bit in this show, and. Um, he tells me, think of your voice as your bank account. So if you have $500 in your bank account, right, he says that's how much voice you have. If mm. you blow 100 of it one night feeling really good, then you only have 400 left. Mm. And you have so much time. Can you afford to spend so much voice? Yeah. So it's really about learning how to spread out mm-hmm. your voice. It's, that's how I can maintain. So yeah. on a Tuesday night... I might feel really confident and want to, like, you know, show off because my friend's in the audience. But then Wednesday afternoon, I have to make a different vocal choice. Right. Which is what, because I spent so much the night before. So that's where the vocal lessons come in because then you learn how to place your voice in different places. Mm. You can belt the note or you can float the note or you can mix the note. or you. There are different ways to sing a note. Wow. And so that's when, what, where voice lessons come in. Okay, got to ask you. We're running out of time, but what, what is your dream, uh, besides the role you're in now, you just what's your dream role? Mind. Because we're related. We're like, the, it's the read same. This, read we're that. the same person. <laughs> I'm just going to ask this question. So please go on. Jordan. We'll just do read this and read this again. It's so, <laughs> so simple. Yeah, what's your dream role? Yeah. Oh, my God. What is my dream role? Oh, I think I ha- I've, ha- I've done it, which was Celia in the Color Purple. Yeah. That was my dream role, to win the Tony for that. 
on uh, Broadway was my dream. Right now, I just want to maintain a level of um, continuing to do characters that show women that we really don't pay much attention to in mm-hmm. society. And like Donna Summer, this is the first time an African-American musical icon has had a musical told about her life. Which yeah. is great. So this is amazing. I also am working on a project about the secret life of bees mm. that's uh, yeah. slated to be coming next Off spring. Book, yeah. so I'm working on that cool. as well as August. So, um, But I also am working on my own one-woman show, which okay. is what I call, what I call it uh, my one-woman musical about my life because I'm writing my memoir and that's set to music as well. That's yeah. amazing. So that's really like my Well, thing, will you bro. come back and talk about the memoir when it comes out? Come Absolutely. back on the show now that you're a friend of the podcast? Yes, yes you I are. would love you to. You definitely have to come back on Thank the day you, you can drink. Me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please. You're over there taking sips. I took I small sip. sips. Small <laughs> sips. But protect the vocals. But it's delicious, right? Here. It's delicious. No, this I can sip. Okay. Yeah, right? Oh, okay. Yes. Found something she can drink. So when yes. she comes back, we'll get the Maison Marcel. This Maison is fabulous. Marcel. Okay. Lachon. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank Great you for having, having me. We're so proud of you. Yeah, we are. Magic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Read This, Read That. Hope you enjoyed it. So much fun. What are you going to do for you? Uh, What I'm going to do for me is uh, get on a plane and fly off to London and go and see my in-laws. I'm going to go to Kent, which is Brexit country. Cheerio, pip, pip. I'm going to try to enjoy, (laughs) avoid the racists, avoid the fascists, and try to come home alive. (laughs) Cheerio. Cheerio, pip, pip. pip. All right. right, And maybe see Meghan Markle and Harry if I get a glimpse. You have to hunt them down. I will try. I need. I will try. I need that. I'm going to Westminster Abbey. I do actually love London. It is one of my favorite cities, so I'm going to have a wonderful time. And your husband is from there. I need him to get the accent back. So we're going to go to Hackney, and Hackney is basically Harlem, because it used to be the hood, and now it's super gentrified. So we're going to go and have like kale smoothies Mm. or something in Hackney. And you're taking the babies, right? We're taking the kids. We're all going. It's going to be a family vacation, so we'll be partly in the country and Kent, partly in London. We're going to have a really great time. Wait, what are you doing with the cat and the dog? Oh, they don't get to come. I know they're not coming, but who's watching them? So Miles' good friend Chris, thank you, Chris. have to look out for the animals. He, Chris is going to house-sit the kid. Oh, the good. Kid, the kitty cat and the dog. Okay. He's going to take good care. Turbo is his best friend. Turbo's become his good friend. Okay. Turbo loves him. So And Isis don't love nobody, so Isis don't care as long as <laughs> he get fed. So he's going to take care of the dog and the cat while we're gone. So we've shown right. him all the routine. He's walked them. He I mean, well, He's walked Turbo. He knows what to do. So it's going to be fine. Okay. I it's love that. It's going to be great. Yeah. What are you going to do for you? You know what? I am going to just kind of chill. It's been a long week. Yes. You know what I mean? I've been binged watched just about everything I can watch. I did the whole season of Orange. I cannot believe you watched the whole thing in one go. It took me three days. That's crazy. It was so good. But yeah. You know, I'm a Don't spoiler. La, 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 la. And one of my favorite shows is coming back and one of yours. I have a challenge for you. Keeping up with the Kardashians starts on Sunday. Oh, girl, bye. Let me just say this. Bye. Let me just say I have a challenge for you. Okay. If you start with the first episode of the season, I need you to have... I need a drink. I need you to figure out how... Speaking of drinking, <laughs> accept this challenge. How many cocktails does it take for you to enjoy an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Too many. Okay. Well, I'd like you to measure that. <laughs> I'd like you to measure that. I like you. To, I want you to drink until you're like, I love this drink show. Drink until I love it. Yes. Drink until you drink love until it. Drink until you love it. All right. So really, I'm just chilling because I, I had my great event this week. Yes. I have so many great things going on. So I need to just. And event planning is exhausting. So you do need a break. It is you exhausting. You do need a break. All right. All well, right. then we're wishing, I'm wishing you just happiness and fun. R&R. Relaxation. R&R. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, I Jackie Reed. Uh, and yeah, wish me luck in Brexit country. I can't wait. I can't wait. So listen, everybody, if you want to catch my cousin Joanne on 
her television show, AM Joy, on MSNBC. It's every Saturday and Sunday morning from 10 a.m. until noon, but someone's filling in for you this weekend. Jonathan Capehart will love be him. in the chair. He will be at, uh, in the mothership, so please tune in. Support Jonathan. We love Jay Cape, so he's going to be in the chair for me this weekend. I love um, So I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. You guys have fun. Take care of everything. Don't mess anything up while I'm gone. Don't break anything. Everybody yes. be good. All right, and while I'm gone, you can still listen to my wonderful cousin, Jackie Reed. You can I'll listen to so many places. Tom Jordan Morning Show. you got to get up at like aught eight in the morning, but it's not too early because no, you can not. listen to Inside Her Story, which is an incredible recitation of all the incredible things black women are doing, black girl magic. So you true. can also listen to Jackie Reed on The Hub today if you happen to be in Boston. And I believe that's at noon in Boston. It's at yeah. 1230. It's at 12.30 in Boston. And you can also of course listen to Jackie Reed who is the only host of New York Live <laughs> Monday through Friday. Stop it. Shade, I have a shade, lovely shade, co-host. Shade, 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 shade. Listen to Jackie Reed um, as all of you know on New York Live every weekdays Monday through Friday. Love you Jackie. Love you too, boo. Yeah. Travel safely. Travel. Bye. About you. Not a day goes by that you ain't on my mind. But you're a waste of time. And I.